Hey, so I imagine you're listening to this podcast because you're an artist yourself and you want some insider tips, insights, and general advice from artists you respect. One aspect of the business we sometimes discuss on Best Advice is rollout strategies. When you're dropping new music, you want to give it the best chance of getting heard. It's all about reaching the right listeners at the right time. That's why our team at Spotify for Artists built Marquee. Marquee is a marketing tool for turning listeners into bigger fans of your new music. With Marquee, you can send full screen recommendations of your latest album, EP, or single to the right fans as soon as they open the app. Listeners who see your Marquee are twice as likely to save your tracks, making it a better way to develop your audience than trying to drive streams from social media. To find out more, go to artists.spotify.com slash marquee. Welcome to The Payoff. I'm Antonia Cerejido. And I'm Chris Duffy. This show is your audio companion to all of Mike's money and personal finance coverage on the web at mike.com slash payoff. This week, we're changing gears a little. Instead of talking about how to get more money, we're going to focus on giving it away. Yeah, and now I know with the recent disasters across the U.S., we've had fires, floods, hurricanes. A lot of us are wondering how we can best help the people affected. And donating money to a charitable organization often seems like the easiest or most direct way to chip in. But is that actually true? And how can people ensure contributions actually go to the people who need help the most? There have been recent reports, like the one with ProPublica and NPR, that found that the American Red Cross failed to actually aid the people of Haiti after the 2010 earthquake. With these things in mind, it's hard to know if your money is actually going to people in need. Yeah, and it's true that we sometimes don't actually know where these donated dollars end up, but that doesn't mean that donating to charity is always a bad idea, does it? First up on today's show, Antonia and I are going to talk this through between ourselves. Okay, so I've I've always struggled with charity as a concept. It's going to be an interesting discussion. (laughs) And then in our second segment, we're going to talk to an expert in navigating the world of charitable giving. Michael Thatcher, CEO of Charity Navigator, which bills itself as America's leading charity rating service. You don't want to miss that, so stick around. All right, here we go with our opening segment where we get over worries and confusion about something in the world of money. Um, So, Antonia, it seems like you have strong views on giving to charity. Oh, I'm excited. This pause pause seems like you're about to get into something controversial. So, it's... I struggle with it, is how I feel about it. I just genuinely ask myself if charity isn't... If people come to... Basically, like if you're if people rely on charity, who is this really benefiting? Sorry, those are so many thoughts. But I just think that ultimately you're always reinstating a power dynamic. And if we are truly to be free as a people in the world, do we need to reinstate a power dynamic? But like, is that actually doing good? Hmm. Ultimately, I think in the moment, probably. And I also I'd like to say I think that probably natural disasters are the one instance in which I'm like pretty undeniably giving in this moment is a good thing. Yeah. Well, there are. I mean, that's one of the biggest times when people give to charity, I feel like, too. Yeah. But you think that it reinforces. I like there's some revolutionary talk going on here, (laughs) which you know that I'm down to hear more of. It's interesting because I I personally let me just come at it personally rather than big picture, Mm -hmm. because I'm curious to hear what you think. I personally put aside 10 percent of everything that I earn into uh, an account that's designated as charitable giving. Where do you give? So uh, I do a couple different things. Um, And, you know, the 10% is a goal. So there's some months where it's like, 
I money is too tight and I yeah, yeah. I have to dip into the charity account. But I, at least it makes me feel bad about doing that, which I think makes me give a lot more than I would have because it adds up a lot faster than I would have expected. So where do I give? I, I do two things. One is whenever someone asks me, I give money. So like if a friend is like, I'm running a 5K for sea turtles. And I'm like, well, sea turtles isn't like high on my list, but I care about you as a person. So I will give mm-hmm. $20 to support your run for sea turtles. Yeah. And then I try to have a couple of charities that I support every month. So right now, like I decided that I really care about the environment. So I'm giving it NRDC, the National Resource Defense Council. And I also um, have been feeling a lot of uh, moral issues with um, seeing so much homelessness in New York City and not being able to give to each individual person. So I also give to uh, the Doe Fund, which uh, helps people get jobs and transition from homelessness into uh, employment. Um, and they also like clean up neighborhoods. So I kind of think it's a, it seems to me like a good local organization. So those are the two that I give to every month. Yeah. But I'm curious because I see what you're talking about big picture as like, is giving leading to the right thing or is it leading to the wrong thing? Yeah. Am I making myself feel good or am I making a change in the world? Well, I don't know. I think I think a lot about the issue of agency. And I think that like ultimately what everybody wants is to be able to make decisions for themselves. And there is something that seems very paternalistic to me about the idea of like me telling someone how to live by giving them money for a particular cause. Mm. I see that. I also, though, would say that just thinking about it from a selfish perspective. So let's take the the terrible Ayn Rand argument for one moment here. Uh, I do not subscribe to her. But I do think that like when you give, you get back, which just seems like a little bit of what you're saying. Right. right but that's a sel- that's selfish. Yeah. But I'm I'm not sure that it's. Like, look, I think if I give to something that someone has asked me to, it makes a positive, it builds that relationship between the two of us. But I also think it's probably helping the world. And even if it's not, it seems hard to imagine that it's harming the world. Well, okay. I, for instance, I think like when I support my friends and things they do, and sometimes you have to pay for those things. Is that the same thing as charity? I don't know. I mean, you mean like if you buy a ticket to my comedy show, did you do a charitable act? Do you feel like it was a charitable act? It depends on the show. <laughs> I would say it depends on how the show goes. You know what's crazy? I bought tickets to one of your shows, and I, I don't think they ever emailed me, and I'm worried that I missed it. Sorry. So in Side that note. case, it sounds like it was a charitable donation. That was a donation to the Chris Fund. <laughs> so I've which, donated by the way, to you. If you're out there, I it... am accepting donations. <laughs> it is not tax deductible. And it feels terrible because I think I missed out on, on um, why I gave the money. Yeah, you missed out on the feeling of supporting me. Well, look, have you ever read this book uh, by Dembisa Moyo called uh, Dead Aid? No. So it seems like it's kind of a similar argument to what you're making here, where uh, she is from Zambia and she's an economist. And her argument is that uh, foreign aid, the way that it's been given, uh, creates dependency rather than actually solves the problems. Agreed. So like, you know, when uh, the U.S. dumps a bunch of grain in a country, now all of a sudden there's this cheap grain, but what that does is it destroys the local grain market because now farmers can't sell the grain that mm-hmm. they grew. So mm-hmm. next time now they used to have the ability to grow it themselves. Now they're totally dependent on cheap grain getting dumped there. That's kind of the like nutshell argument of it, which seems like that's what you believe about all charity. Yeah, I just think that if it's gonna be if that's gonna be true in terms of foreign aid, then why wouldn't it be true in other forms of charity? Like, what makes it different in that instance than any other? Well, you work for public radio. 
So I'm like, your salary is paid by charitable giving. Well, I struggle with that, too. I mean, listen, the thing that I like about public radio and I think the thing that ultimately gets me excited is that I really like the idea that I am working for the public and the public good and that there's a level of civic engagement. To me, the ideal situation is one in which it is it is through engagement of the public that we have public things, not because some incredibly wealthy person decided to give some money to public radio. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess I just think, like, to me, one of the really good things about humanity and especially about, uh, you know, people in this country is people give a lot of money to charity. And I think that just shows that people care. So would it be better if maybe that charity was all spent in an effective way? Sure. But I think, like, the fact that people are, like, willing to open their pocketbooks and to, like, make sacrifices to help other people seems like it's a good thing. Here's what I'll say. I think in a in a different situation economically, when we aren't having like what we have right now, which is the 1% and the 99%, that would seem more true to me. But in a situation where we have so few people who hold so much power, the idea that those people then like feel better because of charity, when in reality there are tons of people without agency because they don't actually have wages where they can make money and live their lives the way that they want to. It's like, charity becomes really stupid. I love that in our podcast where we try and learn how to get better with money and how to learn how to get better at giving away money. We started at does charity make sense? And we ended with you saying we need to overthrow the capitalist system. (laughs) Well, I think people I think people who don't know about money, like obviously the key to having money is making money. Right. Okay. One. (laughs) That seems true. Or inheriting money. True. Or inheriting money. But if you're going to have an amount of money that you want to protect, I think shows like our show hopefully will help people who do have less agency manage their money better and able to have a stronger footing. Yeah, I think that makes sense, too. I, I, I think the big thing here is to me, in an ideal world, charity wouldn't be necessary. But in the practical world that we actually live in, I think uh, if people didn't give, then it lends itself to more people suffering. So. To me, it's like as part of a practice with my money, I'm like, I put aside money for myself for retirement. I also put aside money to help other people because uh, the community that I'm a part of, I want to give back to that. Here's the real question, Chris. Mm-hmm. Do you give just so that you can make yourself feel better? It's a good question. Uh, if and I'm... hold up. And uh-huh. in that situation, are you not just creating a power situation? Like, because it's not just it's not just about money. And like, for instance, like there's a blind kid and you give money and they get an operation. Now they can see. Uh huh which is like a thing, but also like creating a thing where you're like, I'm the kind of person who can make these things happen. Oh, well, for sure, I'm giving money because I'm like, I'm the kind of person who gives to charity. But I don't think it's like I'm the kind of person who can make these things happen, mostly because I don't like see the end recipient. It's not like I'm like an Annie and I go into the orphanage and I'm like, hello, little girl. Daddy Warbucks is here. Have a hundred dollars. Don't you love that I'm able to make your life happen? And then she sings a little song about how tomorrow is going to be good. That's not a way that I do it. Although now that I'm saying it, that sounds like it would probably feel awesome. Maybe I'm going to take a sack of pennies and go into some orphanages and give it out in a money bag. No, I I mean, I think like part of this is like uh, charitable giving, right? Where we choose to give, who we choose to give to is about like affirming an identity of the giver for sure that's a part of it but at the same time i also think it's part of the reason i have it just as like a set percentage that i try and hit is because i want to remember that like the money that i earn isn't just mine whose is it it's like i need to give back to the community because it's not just mine the same way that like the government automatically gets a percentage i'm like well also the community that i'm a part of should get a percentage why don't you just think like voting right solves this well i do that but i mean 
Do, but do you know, like, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why is it not that, like, civic engagement and us as a common public good? Because also, here's the other thing. Yeah. Is, like, that's when interests, that's how individual people's interests start mattering more than others. Yeah. Oh, for it's sure. It's through charity, honestly. Well, here's a weird thing, right? It's like, we value how much, uh, like, billionaires' opinions way more because they have this power to send money places. Right. So it's like, why is a infectious disease doctor not the person who we listen to the most about how to cure HIV AIDS? Instead, we listen to Bill and Melinda Gates, a guy who is really good at making computers. To me, that's the you're totally backing up my point. Yeah, I, I think there are issues with charity in concept, but I think in practice, it's like if I was if my house burned down and I didn't have insurance, I would want my community to help me out. That seems like a nice thing. Listen, I actually was talking about this with my mom and my mom was like, one day you're going to need somebody to donate something for you. And I think she's right. So like I, you know, like I'm talking a big game right now about charity being like actually a sin and like probably I'm wrong. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, there will be an Antonia GoFundMe launch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think that it's really important to think about the power dynamics and what, you know, when you're giving to charity, I don't think you should just assume it's good. Yeah, I think there's I think we agree that there are some really um, complicated dynamics at play here. And it's hard to know uh, if your money's going to the right place and even harder to know what the intended and unintended effects of giving money are to certain organizations, which actually leads perfectly into our next guest who we're going to have on after the break. He's going to tell us about how to know where your money's going and whether you're giving it to the right place if you do choose to give to charity. Yes. After the break, we're going to be talking to the CEO of America's largest and most utilized evaluator of charities, Charity Navigator. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back. So we've shared our views on charitable giving, but what about actually doing research into individual charities themselves? To answer that question, we turn to the CEO of Charity Navigator, a nonprofit that has examined tens of thousands of financial documents to develop an unbiased, objective, numbers-based rating system for assessing over 8,000 of America's best-known and some lesser-known but worthy charities. Michael Thatcher, thanks so much for joining us in the studio. Thanks for having me. Really delighted to be here. When do you remember the first time you ever donated to a charity? Oh, great question. I think I probably gave uh, my background was in the arts. And so I first gave to I don't remember the organization, but it was a dance company. So my I started out as a as a dancer and a musician. And so was very interested in in giving to the to the arts and promoting the arts. And that that's where I started. And that was probably in my 20s. So what do you evaluate when you're looking at a charity? So today what we're looking at is the financial health of the organization. We do an analysis of the IRS 990 form, which is the tax form that all of the larger charities must file with the IRS. And that is also just know that that form's available publicly. So if you find a charity that's unrated, you can actually study their tax form. We do that for you. And we, in addition to the financial health, we look at the accountability and transparency of the organization. And so how, how well are they run? What we're moving towards is getting some form of assessment or 
bringing to the donors um, a perspective about the effectiveness of the char- of charities. How well are they doing? If you have a homeless shelter, are you actually providing value to the to the homeless community? Are you actually helping reduce homelessness? Things like that. It's a hard nut to crack, but that's what we're working on right now. How do you decide who to evaluate? The way we started was to look at the largest, most known charities that are out there. Right now, we're rating it's closer to nine thousand. Now we'll probably hit nine thousand by the end of the end of this month. And what we've chosen is where's the money going. So if right now we're even though we're you know there are over a million charities out there, of the nine thousand, that's about forty percent of the dollars going into the charitable sector. So these are mm-hmm. these are the household names that most people will know about. These are by definition, larger charities. So to be rated by Charity Navigator, you need at least a million dollars in annual revenue, mm-hmm. and you need to have been around for seven years. And so what that what the reason for that is there's a stability that comes after seven years of existence where you've gone through the ups and downs of, of growth, and that volatility would end up in a very, um, the rating would be moving all the time, and that would not necessarily represent the true value of the, of the organization. It seems like we hold charities to a much higher standard than we hold businesses to, obviously because there's this moral component. Um, so when you find that a charity isn't actually doing a good job or maybe isn't being run responsibly, there was this story that we talked about earlier about um, how the Red Cross really didn't do a great job after the um, earthquake in Haiti. Hmm. What do you do other than like giving them a poor rating? Do you Is there like a law enforcement wing that busts corrupt charities <laughs> or something like it seems like someone should be stopping them from not doing things the right way so it's, it's a great question and i think one of the so at charity navigator.org uh, the way we handle sort of inappropriate behavior is we actually have an advisory system so we have a, a zero to four star rating system for you know so let's say positive attributes and then we have a low medium and high level of concern in our advisory. So with the case you mentioned, when when the issues came up around Haiti, there mm-hmm. was an advisory listed on the American Red Cross at that time, which was in place through about uh, the, just the beginning of 2016. And what the Red Cross, the, what the interesting question is that yes, we are, we're, we hold charities to a higher standard, but we also have to let charities evolve and course correct. And I think the, you know, again, case in point, there's been a great suffering of people holding on to behaviors that took place in Haiti. The reality is that they're actually on the ground right now in in Houston and in Florida, and they're actually saving lives and they're helping people. And we need we need them to get to get better and to improve in what they're doing. And I think they've from what we've seen, they're making steps in that direction, particularly with regard to the transparency and how they talk about what they do. That's something that we have seen. a We have seen a shift. For someone who's who says, okay, I have a, some money that I want to donate, but I don't know where. Where do you think someone should start? From my own, so I'll go back to my own example. The first place I gave, it's where my heart was. It's something I really cared about. It's something at the time we were going through cutbacks in the National Endowment for the Arts, and I said, wow, I you know I don't have a lot of money, but you know here's twenty five dollars. I really felt like I wanted to do something there, and. That, to me, is really important in where you start your giving process. Figure out what you care about. You know, if you look at the recent disasters that we've had, there's so many different places you could give to. It could be to, you know, caring for women. It could be caring for children. It could be rebuilding homes. It could be continuing education. What what actually resonates with you that you're going to get excited about and feel good about making a gift? 
that helps reduce the choices. Once you've got it to sort of, all right, I want to, I want to work on housing, um, then what can I do? And then at Charity Navigator, we put together lists of organizations. So in a, you know, in a normal situation, you can just go to, you can go to Charity Navigator, you can do a Google search and just sort of look for organizations that are focused on the area you care about. What we do is we'll help you sort of refine that search. Let's say it's caring for animals. Um, you know, there's actually a lot of domestic animals that perish in in, in some of these uh, big world disasters. Mm. And so I know people that actually, they care only about that and they give to that. But the other thing to think about is if it's a little bit like building a savings plan. If you've got $5 that you put away every month, you've got five, you know, at the end of the year that adds up. Same thing in your giving. Charities love it if you'll sign up on a recurring, uh, you know, on a monthly, because that creates continuity for them. The The giving cycle is pretty spiky. In other words, it's November, December, and then it gets really quiet. So having that regular flow of a small amount that you commit to, that's that I think is really an important way to go at it. When you are thinking just philosophically about charities, and I'm interested because you're going, it sounds like Charity Navigator is moving more into investigating effectiveness. Do you think it's better to target a problem that could be solved completely, so something like polio, or something that seems at the moment impossible, like cancer? So I'm smiling because um, what we're trying to do in terms of evaluating effectiveness at scale by many is is deemed impossible. Mm. So my own personal, and this is very personal, I think that's what resonates with me. Impossible problems are actually really cool because <laughs> you can you you never you never run out of something to do. Okay, what do you think about all of these like businesses like Tom's that are like both a charity and a business in one? Is that even philosophically possible? Yeah, <laughs> double bottom yeah, line. Yeah. So I, I stayed at Microsoft for 15 years because of a, a belief that I was actually making a difference in the world. And so I do believe in the double bottom line. I do think that we have traditionally sort of separated doing good to the charitable sector and you know, doing well to the to the business sector, the the B Corps, and this kind of, there's a meeting in the middle right now that's happening. There's a blurring of the lines where charities are becoming a little bit more businesslike, and businesses are becoming a little bit more charitable. I think in terms of for businesses to attract talent and to get really the top talent, they've got to be doing something that's actually beneficial and not just making money. Mm. And so I think to me, I, I'm I'm all I'm in favor. What I want to see is a difference. I don't care how, you know, in other words, I don't care about the business model. I care about making a difference. And I, and so I would, let's 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 do both. Mm. But, I, but I am against the idea that it's one or the other, because I think that is, that's, you know, the idea that it's businesses are going to save the world or charities are going to save the world. I don't think that's an effective argument. I think it's a combination of the two. There's always going to be a place for each. So Tom's, if you don't know, Tom's, when you buy a pair of shoes, they give a pair of shoes to someone in need. What about uh, just... Back to you personally. Sure. Uh, do you personally prefer to give to large established organizations or small uh, local ones? I do both. And um, there's certain large organizations, given what they do, I actually feel, you know, I want to I want to support them. And I and I have recurring gifts that go to them. I also there's a small charity where I'm sponsoring two children mm. um, and it's a it's a tiny organization. And I feel strongly about what they do. And I've and I track the progress of the students. I get report cards. I get photos. And I'm really happy about that. And that's something that means something to me. So um, I'm, not, I'm not one or, you know, large, large or small. I'm right, you know, I'm doing both. 
So I feel like we've asked you a couple of times, like, what about this organization or what about mm -hmm. that organization? And in a very diplomatic way, you said, like, I do all of them. Yep. So it leads me to wonder, how much money do you give to charity? Is it like more than regular people, you think? More than average because you're uh, the CEO of Charity Navigator? I would say I've probably I give less. Interesting. But I've given my life. Oh. And my and so in other words, I think that's the challenge I would make to people to listening right now. If you really care about the charitable sector and, and doing good, then make it your life's pursuit. Hmm. I've changed everything I'm doing so that I can work in an organization that's making a difference in the world. I didn't have to do this. I had a wonderful opportunity with um with a couple of really good organizations where I could be making a lot more money right now. That's not where my heart is, and I'm at a point in my life where I really want to do this. So I would, the challenge is you can give, and that's actually an interesting part, part about giving. You can give by doing, and that can be professionally. It can also be find, by finding volunteer opportunities and looking for that. But be, the only caution I'd say with volunteer opportunities is, and also, let's say, gifts in kind, is make sure that this is something that's really needed. Mm. So what's what's an example of that? Because I know a lot of people listening would probably want to do that. I think the you know one of the challenges people want to send food now in in a disaster, for example. Mm -hmm. Now the the challenge when you have a disaster um, is logistics are challenged. So the ability to get the food there and before it actually goes bad, it's really challenged. So unless you have a food bank that says we need cans of this or we need that, um, you know, think twice before you do, do that. There are organizations that help you align what you can do and your skill sets with volunteering opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way of, um, you know, figuring that out and then taking off and doing it. I have a one of our board members' uh, wife just went down to Houston and was helping recover domestic animals, right? I mentioned that earlier. And that's something that she she went with a group of friends and they went down and they were saving animals that had been stranded in homes. And, and that was... Um, an incredibly meaningful trip for them. You want to do it in an organized way. You don't want to just show up because you become you could be potentially become part of the problem and need to be rescued yourself if mm. you're if you're not actually yeah. sort of aligned with a giving program. But the charity again, large organizations and small ones that actually know how to mobilize people, they're going to be reaching out. They're looking for volunteers. So, uh, in the earlier segment, me and Chris talked about our beliefs on charity, and I think that something that I sort of struggle with sometimes is this idea that if you need charity, aren't you like reinstating a situation in which one person is without one person has? And yeah, philosophically, what do you think about that? So I spent um, a large part of my career working in working in Africa, the Middle East, and also in Asia and developing in developing countries. And I think economic empowerment and sort of looking at, you know, charity is that there's that 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 can be really challenged because, and part of the goal of that is to actually facilitate us, like it's almost kickstarting something, but there needs to be, there's co-investment usually that where it's most effective is where you see co-investment. There's a, the governments or the villages, they kick in something and then the organizations that are actually supporting, they bring something in. Just giving aid and that, that can propagate a charity cycle. I think the, um, <clears throat> The reality is that there are always going to be people in need that are underserved and that are desperate. And there may not be actually a good business model that will make it um, sustainable for a for-profit to go in and actually do something. And so I think there's, that's why I say I think there's always going to be a place for the nonprofit sector and, and charities because there are areas where we're just not going to be able to 
create sustainable business models. And so it's going to be um, filled, that gap's going to be filled by charity. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like one other um, strategy that's becoming more popular is bypassing charities or governments altogether and just going directly. So yep. things like GoFundMe or Donors Choose, um, which are pretty much just direct cash transfers through a website. Um, what do you think about that? How does that affect your perception of charities and giving in the, in the modern world? I, th I think it's exciting. It's, um, it's moving in a direction that's actually looking for effectiveness. So I think they, they came, those organizations came into being because of a frustration with giving to a, you know, let's say a large organization, not knowing where the money's going, not seeing the real impact. And the sort of the give direct model is something that you, you get to see impact right away. There's a huge risk. You may not be giving to the person that actually needs it. You may, there's, and so validating where you're giving and working with more established organizations. I know that, um, and we've done some work with GoFundMe to help them uh, avoid scams mm. because that's one of their biggest challenges is that you have a lot of people that appear at a time of crisis with um, apparent needs that may or may not be real. And so the, I think the guidance that we give is, you know, with a with a crowdfund type initiative, you need to have a real relationship with the individual that you're giving to, and you want to know that they're real because you you there may not you you may how else are you going to figure out that it's really going to someone who needs it? And so I think that's you need to be careful, but I actually think that they're really exciting models and they have a lot of potential. All right, well, Michael, thank you so much for being with us. If people want more info on Charity Navigator or if they want to make use of the info you have available, what should they do? First thing, figure out where you're, where you're motivated to give. Come to CharityNavigator.org. You can do a search in that cause area. You can find an organization that, you, that aligns with your purpose and that is actually a, a well-rated and well-run organization. The next step, I would say, is if you're, going to, if you're thinking about this as a longer-term engagement, Call them up. Um, reach out to them on social media, on email, however you however you want to inter interact with them. Actually, I think that's an interesting test too. You know, will they respond to whatever way? And if they don't respond, that actually tells you something about the organization. Then then give to them. The other thing I think, and this is really important, this is an investment. Philanthropy is investing in social change. You can do that with five dollars. You can do it with five million dollars. So you are a philanthropist when you start doing research and you start looking for social change, and that means you got to follow up. So check in with them in six months or a year's time. How'd, how'd you do with the money I gave you? Where do you need help now? Sort of think about it. Think about it in terms of it's not charitable giving. It's actually investing in social change. Michael, thank you so much for talking with us. Uh, I love that idea. But everyone out there, we uh, even with a small amount of money, you can become a philanthropist, which is yep. a very powerful and wealthy sounding term. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for this episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music is from Breakmaster Cylinder, and our producer is Alan Haberchak. Thank you, Alan, and thanks everyone for listening. If you want to help the show, you can do that by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review for The Payoff. Also, if you have questions, don't forget to send them to payoffpod at mike.com. Lastly, you can find out more about us on Twitter at payoffbymike or online at mike.com slash payoff. See you next time.